With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The second round is in full swing, and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part? It's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bolts Broadcast. My name is Chase Crawshaw and I am flying solo for this episode. Uh, It is... July 2nd still, just uh, shortly after Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Mike is not with me as he is up north. He is unable to get to Wi-Fi and unable to get to a connection. So I am here flying solo. With that being said, might be a bit shorter. Episode might be a bit weirder. I'm recording myself, editing myself. Uh, it's going to be a-, a little different, something I'm not too used to. But anyways, here we go. All right, jumping into Game 3. Tampa Bay Lightning come out with a great win, 6-3. Uh, it-, it was a hell of a game, really. I mean... It started out with just Tampa absolutely buzzing. Uh, you know, those couple quick goals there at the beginning, two goals in the first three minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was exactly the way you want to start when you're on the road there. Uh, you know, entering any road building, especially in the Stanley Cup Finals, you know, regardless if there's only 3,500 fans there, it's still a challenge. So if you can get the momentum, get your feet set kind of early, it makes all the difference in the world. As you can tell, Montreal, you know, they had some struggles towards the end of the first and the end of the second and the end of the third for whatever reason. You know, the kind of latter half of both periods, they started figuring out a little bit more. But Tampa did too much damage in the beginning of the periods where they just couldn't really save themselves. Uh, a couple of things from the game. Tyler Johnson moved center. Uh, he played fantastic. This was probably his best game in the playoffs, maybe his best game of the year. He was all over the ice. He was scoring goals. I mean, he, he was looking like the play, player that he was paid to be all those years ago. You know, we talked about just kind of in this offseason, he was waived. And, you know, maybe he's someone that we kind of urge Seattle to take in the expansion draft, uh, you know, via trade. That's something that might still happen because, you know, that's a cap hit that would be nice to get off of our books. 
but he's playing better and better. And the way he's played like in these playoffs, he's really proving that he's part of this Tampa Bay Lightning team and that he doesn't want to go anywhere. Vasilevsky had a kind of interesting game. So he made a lot of fantastic saves, but the goals are all kind of weak. I, I don't really know what the deal was, and he almost had another one that went in to make it a 5-4 to four game at the time. He just let up a lot of weak stuff, but he made some fantastic saves other than that. So it, it was a weird game, kind of uncharacteristic of this world-class goalie that we're used to seeing. But his counterpart, Carey Price, you know, he, he struggled as well. As we've seen in this whole playoffs, uh, you know, Carey Price, he has dominated the first three rounds. Then he gets into the finals, playing against Tampa Lightning. Just a whole different beast, and really, there's just no chance. This really is just the bully versus the victim in the series. Tampa is just kind of, you know, they, even the times when they haven't dominated, they've just, they've even just felt like the better team. You know, they haven't dominated Montreal, kind of had some control there in the second game. You know, Tampa didn't play that good. They admitted to it, but they still came out with a win. You know, it's what these great teams do. It's what Tampa's done all last season. It's what they've been doing so far in these playoffs. And it's really beginning to pay off for them. Yan Ruda got on the board today. I, I mean, he's been playing great in this series. He's had a really awesome playoffs. He's really stepping up to the plate. Plays big minutes. You know, he's playing with Victor Hedman a lot of the time. Um, he's someone who's really turned into a key contributor for this team. Someone who had a kind of underwhelming NHL career to start off, but he's really kind of found a resurgence here. You know, there's a lot of guys that were in the same, same kind of boat here in Tampa. Uh, especially, you know, back in last year and this year, uh, Bogosian, Shattenkirk, um, you know, now, of course, Yan Ruda, a lot of these guys, they've just kind of figured it out again after, you know, underwhelming parts sometimes in their careers, or maybe they're on kind of a valley in their career. But yeah, Ruda played awesome. Um, it, it was great to see, you know, he's not known as an offensive player by any means, but the fact that he was able to get that goal and, uh, you know, provide a little bit of offense as well as his sound defense, uh, that's, you know, that was a big piece in Tampa winning tonight. You know, it really is a shame though. As I kind of mentioned earlier, and as everyone knows at this point, Montreal, the only 3,500 fans, you know, you saw 25,000 outside of the stadium. Just just let them inside. I know they say COVID, you know, outdoors. It's it's more, it gets you safer out there if you're going to be in that kind of space. But at the end of the day, they're not wearing masks. They're stacked on each other. If someone's going to share it, they're going to spread it. You might as well make some money off of it. Let them have some fans in there. Put that atmosphere in the arena. It's probably a different game if they have that. Because, I mean, with how loud it was tonight with only 3,500, I can't imagine what it would be like with 18,000, 19,000. So we got this episode that will come out before Game 4. Uh, game 4 is on Monday. That is a potential series-clinching game for the Tampa Bay Lightning. If that were to happen, uh, there would be an emergency episode of some sort coming out. So that would be great to see. However, you know, I, I of course I want this Tampa Bay Lightning team to win the Cup, and I don't want to root for them to lose any games. It would be great if they were able to, to do this in front of their home crowd too. So, I, I you know, I would love – for them to come out in game four, just continue their momentum, do what they did, win the series, win the cup, and, you know, just over. But at the same time, I'm not quite ready for the hockey season to end, and it would be great to see them win in front of the fans. You know, after such a hard season with people not really being able to get into into the arena and last year with them winning the cup with nobody in the stands, uh, you know, the fact that at least somebody will be there, whether it be Montreal or Tampa, is definitely more welcoming, and it, it allows for a little bit better environment, a little more uh, sentimental. So yeah, game four will be either after you're listening to this episode or if you're listening to the day after for a reason or whenever, it'll be prior and you'll know the outcome. A little bit of news from game three, Victor Hedman scored a goal and he became the only player in NHL history to score a goal in every single month of the year. I got to imagine that's a feat that's probably never matched ever again because, you know, when are we going to be playing these funky seasons where they're playing in July and August and uh, September again, it's probably not going to happen. So that should be a record that Victor Hedman holds forever, and you know it's kind of a cool thing to kind of hold the rest of your life. All right, with the Game 3 talk done, we're going to move on to some NHL news. So first off, uh, Joel Erickson signed an eight-year deal with $42 million. Uh, it's, it's a million dollar more total 
more than uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins deal, which I find a little interesting. You know, Nuge is a little more of an established player. Um, he's a former first overall pick. He's regarded, you know, as a higher level player. But I really like Joel Erickson. I think he's come on as a fantastic, you know, middle six. Great uh, defensive player, and, and he's good offensively too. I, I think it's a very fair deal for Minnesota, especially if the cap rises like they expected to and they hope to. They should pay off in spades. This sh- should be a fantastic deal for Minnesota, um, and hopefully they can get Kirill Kaprizov signed back there, and this team can continue to build in the right direction. A little bit more news. Gary Bettman did a press conference. A little bit more news came up um, about the Olympics. Sounds like he's not too optimistic about NHL players going, but the players clearly do want to go. So this is an interesting scenario. You know, I, I would love to see these NHL players go because it's, you know, it's the height of the game. It's the best on best. It's, you know, that's what everyone wants to see at the end of the day. It creates a pretty cool spectacle too. But at the same time, you know, I, I like this idea of these guys playing in these minor leagues or playing college, playing junior, getting this opportunity. So, you know, it, it's a little bit of mixed feelings. Um, I, I definitely want to see, the, you know, guys like Austin Matthews and Jack Eichel go suit up for Team USA. But at the same time, you know, if, if I could see a couple college kids get to live out their dream, uh, that you know, that would be incredible too. So this will get figured out pretty soon. I don't know exactly when, but the NHL will definitely figure this out. Uh, Gary Bettman will have a little more of an opinion, a little more clarity because, I mean, it's only really a few months away. So they got to get this figured out as camps really need to start beginning in a couple of months. Final bit of information I have to share. As I mentioned, you know, this is going to be a quicker episode. So I kind of apologize. You know, I, I plan on going a little bit more about what I'm going to talk about here. Um, a little bit away from NHL news and uh, Stanley Cup news. But recently, I uh, just tweeted out today on Friday, actually, my final rankings for the first round of the upcoming NHL draft. I have 32 players ranked with four honorable mentions. Uh, so if you want to go check that out, you can find my list uh, on Twitter at Chawdust. That's at Chawdust. Kind of explain it right now. So I've got this tier system um so you know there's these different colors and there's uh you know one player in tier one there's three players in tier two two players in tier three and then there's five players in tier four and it keeps going down there's a total of seven tiers in this uh you know tier one is the only player i think can be a true game-changing type of talent for an NHL team uh if you're you know if i would love for you guys to look at my list but i will share it with you right now jesper walstedt the goalie out of luela in the swedish league he is my only player who i truly think can be a game-changing talent he's my number one ranked player uh, he is a tremendous goaltender. You know, goalies don't go in the first round a, a lot. We've had this discussion before. We've kind of seen that trend, and we've talked about it. You know, m- maybe it is more – maybe this time where more goalies start going in the first round. And uh, this season, especially with a weaker draft, Walshtet possibly being the only franchise-changing talent, why shouldn't there be an argument for him to go first overall? I know Buffalo, they have Ukapekalukunen. He's a fantastic goalie prospect, and I really like him too. But Walshtet is just truly the – highest upside talent in this draft class i don't think anybody comes close to his upside you know he's the only person in this draft class that truly has the potential to be the best in the league at his position that doesn't happen a lot in draft classes and the fact that there's a goalie available like that it's hard to pass on buffalo i can't imagine that they take him i think they would get a lot of heat for doing that so i i gotta imagine it's gonna be owen power first overall um who honestly he is my third ranked player brant clark is above him Brent Clark is my first-ranked skater and first-ranked defenseman. I would take Brent Clark first overall if I had to go a skater instead of Owen Power. The only thing is, Brent Clark, I would send him back for at least one season as junior. He needs to improve on his kind of funky skating, be a little bit better defensively, but offensively, I mean, his game's at the NHL level. The rest of the thing just needs some slight improvements. I think he could do, uh, you know, he would definitely benefit from going back to junior for another year, kind of being able to dominate. Um, but the thing is, with first overall picks, especially nowadays, 
those guys got to be ready to go. So, yes, for Walsh, I think he could come in and play day one. Owen Power, he can come in and play day one. Other than that, I don't know who can. But joining Brant Clark and Owen Power in that second tier, Matthew Beniers, uh, some recent talk that he might be going back to Michigan, and a lot of people think he's in line to be the number two overall pick behind Owen Power going number one. You know, I've got no problem with that. I, I think the all you know three all four of these guys really that I've mentioned so far deserve to be in contention for that first overall pick. Uh, you know, Matty Beniers, he's someone who he can really one day be a leader, be a team captain of an NHL team. Uh, he's got tremendous skill. He's a great two way guy. And if Seattle's got him, they're staring in the face at number two. It's kind of hard to pass on. That's Ron Francis type of guy. He loves drafting those types of centers, and I think he would benefit heavily from doing that. Moving on a little bit further, someone I have ranked a little bit higher than others. Matthew Coronado. So anybody that doesn't know Matthew Coronado, he currently plays for the Chicago Steel in the USHL. You know, he scored at a very high rate in the USHL this year. He was, you know, one of the best players in the league. He's someone who is, you know, he's tremendous, even strength, five on five. Uh, if, you know, if you're playing him on the power play, if you need him to play a penalty kill, he can do it. He's someone who's just a very useful player in all aspects of the ice. Um, you know, I, I've got him fairly highly in, in my rankings. I know some people have him, you know, end of first round. Some people have him in the second round. I haven't ranked at number 15. I think he's someone who can, you know, probably after a couple of years, and I don't think he'll be ready for that right away or even after a year, but after a couple of years, be a fantastic middle six type scoring and penalty killing work hard type of guy for you. And if you can get that kind of player, I mean, really, you just need your first round NHL picks to hit. So to get that kind of guy, um, I think it's a very safe bet. So a team would be very smart to choose him in the first round. Another name I'm a bit higher on, Dylan Duke out of the U.S. program. Uh, you know, he, he's a very small uh, scoring forward. He, he you know he, he's blazing fast he works hard I, I love his skill level i think he's got tremendous talent i have him ranked 23 i'm one of the kind of few people from what i've seen that have him ranked in the first round a lot of people will have him maybe just on the edge or outside in the second round but i think he's a guy who you know he's two years out he's going to have the really legitimate potential of being a you know a top six scoring player for you you know people still might hate on size but i think cole caulfield has proved that you know so far that size it really does not matter anymore if you can play the game you can play the game uh and you know dylan duke at 510 181 he's not even the shortest guy but you know it could still be a little knock on him if you want to say that but he's got so much talent that it just flat out does not matter one more player that i'm higher on than consensus uh owen zellweger he's starting to get a little more recognition as that kind of guy you know I, i see a lot of people in the scouting community on twitter talking that he should be a first round pick but he probably won't be uh, Olin, he is a small defenseman, 5'10", 174, uh, out of Canada, plays for the Everett Silvertips in the Western Hockey League. He's someone who, you know, it was only, it was a small sample size, don't get me wrong, but he did take a jump in production this year. Last season, he had 58 games played with two goals, 10 assists, and 12 points from the back end, where this year in his draft year, through 11 games only, two goals, 11 assists, 13 points. So he scored the same amount of goals and added an extra assist in point, as well as putting up eight points at uh, the U18s this year. I mean, he was one of Canada's best players of the U18s this year. He, he looked fantastic. Uh, he skates really well. He's very smart. Uh, he, he's someone who's going to be really reliable offensively. And, you know, even though it is that smaller sample size, uh, just watching him play, you, you can tell this guy's got some elite offensive upside and just some elite hockey ability. So he's someone that I really would keep an eye on. Um, maybe he sneaks into the first round. I hope he does, but odds are from basically what I'm seeing with NHL teams, it does not seem like he might be that player to them. But yeah, if you want to check out my full list, make sure to go to my Twitter account, at Chawdust, that is at Chawdust. I might come up with another rankings. Um, you know, I think this is my final list. I don't want to guarantee it. So I might come out with another rankings, but I definitely will come out with a sleepers of the draft. Uh, last year I did eight names. I will probably do the same, find eight names, find uh, eight guys that I want to share with you. Kind of where I think I would take them um, and kind of why I think that they're values. 
All right, well, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, no hockey name of the day. Mike's not here. He's the one that's got to read the name. So, you know, if, if I know how to say it, it's a little less exciting. Um, so we're going to go no hockey name of the day uh, this time around. Sorry for that. I know you guys are, are very upset about that. The greatest segment in podcasting history. But I do appreciate you guys listening. Sorry for this little bit of a weird episode. I'm going to hit you guys with an outro. If you would like to stick through it, you know, that'd be great. If you want to become a patron on Patreon, support us over there. Uh, you know, we'd really appreciate it. You're not supporting just us. It's the whole network. Uh, you can get some exclusive content over there as well, so make sure to check it out. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast. That is at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. And while you're at it, follow WMP on Twitter, at WMP Sports Pod. That's WMP Sports Pod. That way, you're just getting all the f- sports content that you need uh, through all of our podcast feeds, through Twitter. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're getting all you need. You don't even need to worry about anybody else. Make sure to go to thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Find all the podcasts that are right there. Boom, click the logo. That's an easy piece of lemon squeezy. Do not forget to check out our blogs as well on the same website. Just go over to the blogs tab and you can find a plethora of articles to read. Wherever you're listening, if you could rate us five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns, you know, we'd greatly appreciate it. But whatever you do, please do not forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings.